most famous stars in Hollywood history is dead at 36. Marilyn Monroe was found dead in bed under circumstances that were in tragic contrast to her glamorous career as a comic talent. On the surface, she seemed to have such a zest for life. Her international appeal took her from command appearances to the other side of the world and entertainment for Korean GIs. The star led a far from normal childhood and had 12 sets of foster parents, leading her to say in her last interview that she was never used to being happy, so it wasn't something she ever took for granted. She never let her personal feelings interfere with her job, and she was the idol of the GIs, the animation of foxhole dreams. She found no happiness in marriage. Her second husband was baseball immortal Joe DiMaggio, and that marriage ended as had her first in divorce. Her third husband was playwright Arthur Miller, and they too separated. Miss Monroe played in 23 films since her debut in 1950, films that grossed $200 million. The Golden Girl received 5,000 fan letters a week, and to those fans, she never let any personal problems dim her screen glamour. Despite flashes of temperament and tantrums, she turned in performances that kept her among the greatest box office favorites in motion picture history. Welcome. The Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, and Springhill Josh. And on today's episode, the Death Spiracy of Marilyn Monroe. French are glad to die for love. They delight in fighting duels. But I prefer a man who lives and gives expensive jewels. A kiss on the hand may be quite continental, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. A kiss may be grand, but won't pay the rental on your humble flat or help you at the automat. Times were simpler once. That's what they claim, especially during the Black Plague. <laughs> well. Everybody's dead. Times are simpler now. Well, we got out of this pretty good. Three of the eight children lived. <laughs> can, can Maybe write, it's not that simple then, but... Can we write them off on the taxes? I think so. <laughs> Unfortunately, of the three that are left, they're all blind. Unfortunately, of the three of them that are left, one could not make it for this recording. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, Aww. so obviously, elephant in the room. No Illumamami today, but... That's okay, because we're going to push on. She'll be back next week. We'll make damn sure of it. Just a little bit of scheduling. It's okay. It's that time of year, folks. we got lots of stuff going on. It's Halloween. Are we feeling the spirit today, folks? Boo. Boobs. (laughs) That's what I have to say. Anyway, we're talking about Marilyn Monroe. 
who is amazing, beautiful woman, still insane. Well, I don't know about still. He, you don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's a little mummified right now. I, I guess if you were to watch her movies right now or see her sing for the president, which is a <sighs> famous clip, JFK episode. Beautiful voice. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but usually when they look that good, it tends to sound like what's that? The white woman call of Ugg boots and. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, uh, let's stop singing. Oh, oh, oh April's here. <laughs> She's heard that pumpkin spice was. Yeah. Hi, April. You're here in hearts, in our hearts. So, now, most of you are probably thinking, Ryan, we can't do the time capsule because she died in 1962, and that's when the squonk came about. Go see squonk episode if you want some 1962 stuff. Was it squonk? I thought it was uh, Globster. Oh, Globster. My bad. I, I'm getting cryptids mixed up. Been doing this it's for been a, a while. lot of them, so. There, there has. And there'll be more, I'm We're sure. we what? Episode 126 or something right Yeah, here? I think that's what this one will be. Jeez. Oh boy. Been here a while. We've been around. We've been, been a while. Oh shit. So um <laughs> I don't oh, remember Stain singing that. I don't either. <laughs> I don't remember much about the late nineties, early aughts. So let's get into some stuff, folks. Let's talk a little truth corner. Pull the Thunderbird to the side of the road. <laughs> all right, fellas. Since it's an all guy episode today, yeah. I gotta ask. A scale from one to ten, how how beautiful do we think Marilyn Monroe is? Are we even doing this? I'm just saying. What is the truth corner going to be? I mean, <laughs> misogynistic. Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's let's throw our balls on the table, boys. No, I'm just. Kidding. We don't Sword have to fights. Do <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knocked the table over. Larry, yeah. Someone's got a dagger, and yet Larry's got a broadsword. That's right. All right, we don't have to do that, but. <laughs> Truth Time, corner. by the way, she she is a beautiful woman. <clears throat> she was a very beautiful, she's very talented, very talented, too. exactly. And that's something I think that that gets might get lost in the mix is that people think, oh, she was just this beautiful model, but she was multi talented. I mean, she was a singer, actress, and model, mm-hmm. but also, I mean, she did her fair share of like speaking out in public about uh, her, just different things, basically, which we'll get into. Now, one of the things <clears throat> I could be wrong here, and I, I'm hesitant to say anything, but I, isn't it isn't Marilyn Monroe a one of the models that a lot of women actually really like because back then she wasn't this um, razor thin, like she was curvy. Yeah, she was. She had the curves. Yeah, yeah. She was thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Okay. Yeah, I just I I think that that's that's noteworthy, and I could be wrong, and I'm probably going to get hate mail. But I think that that was one of the things that women like about her is that mm-hmm. she was actually a like a naturally sized woman, unlike today where you have to have the thigh gap. Where well, she go? Oh, she turned sideways. She also kind of brings up mental health issues, which is you know something that yeah. we could use a discussion about in this country today. But um, she had suffered from mental illness and substance mm-hmm. abuse for several years prior to her death, and she had not completed a film since The Misfits, which was her last one, which was released in 61. She had spent 1961 preoccupied with her various health problems, and in mm-hmm. April 62 had begun filming Something's Got to Give for 20th Century Fox, but the studio fired her in early June. Rude. <clears throat> well, 
I feel like this was a time when it's like this broad wants to wants only she's all weepy. <laughs> she's all weepy on the set. She's hysterical all the time. Yeah. She's got the hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. Not like most women nowadays and here in Hollywood, chain. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> we just want these girls to shut up, put up, and do it. Cause it's nineteen sixty two. Was the year my mom was born. Really? More you know. Anyway, before Larry can hit the drop. <laughs> um <clears throat> so most most of the info for this I took from the wiki, which is great. Like Wikipedia is so good nowadays when it comes to these death spiracies when looking up information. It just not only does it give you like a chronicle of her life, but it also gives you like a really good breakdown of the conspiracies that a lot of people brought up. So after she was fired in the week preceding her death, Monroe had attempted to repair her public image by giving, I don't think she was shot. <laughs> I thought that's a, what they did with old Hollywood stars back 36? in the day. She broke her leg. That's how old I am. She hiccuped in her singing. Oh, yep. She hiccuped in her singing. I get that. Different times. So I have to ask, is, am I going to get shot now? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Ryan up the, a word. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Ten minutes into a podcast, they had to put Ryan <laughs> and they blew him up. <laughs> All right. So Monroe spent the last day of her life Saturday, August 4th at her home in Brentwood. She was accompanied at various times by publicist Patricia Newcomb, housekeeper Eurice Murray, and photographer Lawrence Schiller, and psychiatrist Dr. Ralph Greenson. At Greenson's request, Murray stayed overnight to keep Monroe company at approximately 3 a.m. on Sunday, August 5th, two days after my birthday. Mm -hmm. She noticed that Monroe had locked herself in her bedroom and Mm -hmm. was unresponsive. Murray alerted Greenson, who arrived soon after and broke into the room, finding Monroe deceased. Her death was officially ruled a probable suicide by the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office. Mm. So, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I think the original version, I I can say this without looking this up, but the original version of Candle in the Wind was for Marilyn Monroe. Yes, Written by Elton John. And I get it. You know, I, I get why she was, she not was, was not only a heartthrob, but she was a cultural icon in a, that spans still to this day. Yes. Yeah. Believe me. When I was looking up pop culture, it was like, oh, okay. I got to pick and choose here. Cause there's a lot. It's an addendum. We're going to have to release as a half episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is fine. And that's, that's totally cool. In fact, I'm sure it's fascinating stuff too. Yeah, of course. Um, her funeral was held on August 8th at the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery where she was interred at the cor- Corridor of Memories. Hey, you know, considering how much she did for GIs, True. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a flag and some soldiers at the, the <laughs> they ceremony. They were half masks. The flag was in them? That's, <laughs> that's probably not a good thing. That's a lot of funerals. Hey, I'm Sergeant Buttocks, and I've got a flag planted firmly in me bit who. Oh, I'm impaled. <laughs> Just walking around with a flag shake. Sports twerking was invented. <laughs> Very patriotic. Hey, we support you. If you want to shove a flag in your butthole and walk around it, girl, just be respectful. Ow. <laughs> Even though you look like Daffy Duck <laughs> in some sort of jaded Looney Tunes commercial or cartoon. 
Oh boy, we're off to the we're <laughs> off to the races here, folks. It's a daytime episode. It's way different attitude. It, it, we're still drinking. Me and Larry. Added, you want a beer, right, uh, Josh? I got coffee. Oh, okay. Okay. He's gonna be the. He's gonna be the. He's gonna be the one. center. Well, anchor for the show. Mm, I claim nothing for once we go on our break. <laughs> me and me and Larry went out for lunch today. Just oh. a little inside baseball. We had the most delicious Mexican food locally oh. here in Grand Rapids. What was the name of that place again, Larry? Might as well just go. Ahead. <laughs> no, it's El Gran Hero. Check it. Check it out. Just clear Josh out. We had, we, had a, we had a delicious lunch, and we were heading back. And me and Larry, I'm thinking in my head. Yeah, we'll stop. Get some power. Get some power drinks, mm-hmm. and then we walk in there. I'm like, they they sell beer here. Mm-hmm. I am on vacation this week, so why the yeah. fuck not live it up? <laughs> Larry's on vacation too, actually. Sort of. He's playing hurt today, folks. Uh, I'm on the injured reserve list. That's oh, right. shit, I was on vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when male prostitution you got 18 leads. jobs. <laughs> yeah, you're more Jamaican than this beer I'm drinking. That's true. Yeah, and I'm not Jamaican any money either. Oh. <sighs> God, we need to set up a Patreon yesterday. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so despite the coroner's findings, several conspiracy theories suggesting murder or accidental overdose have been proposed since the mid-1960s. Many of these involve President John F. Kennedy and his brother Robert, as well as union leader Jimmy Hoffa and mob boss really? Sam Giancana. Yeah, we'll get to those. Hmm. Now, due to the prevalence of these theories in the media, the office of the L.A. County District Attorney reviewed the case in 1982, but found no evidence to support them and did not disagree with the findings of the original investigation. Now, let's get into a little bit of background about Miss Monroe. So, for several years heading into the early 60s, Monroe had been dependent on amphetamines and barbiturates and alcohol. Jeez. She'd experienced various mental health problems that included depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, which is crazy to me to think low self-esteem, but I guess, I mean... That's why mental illness is hard for some people to grasp. It is. But everybody, everybody, and some of the, some of your favorite, like, celebrities nowadays, they suffer from this. I mean... I, I think it kind of goes hand in hand almost. Not, not totally, but, I mean, you see a lot of people trying to fill a void in their heart by, I don't know, podcasting or... Bands. Bands. Game reviews. Yeah. Game reviews. <laughs> Furiously masturbating seven mm. times a day. One. One. <laughs> Here all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, but I'm trying to the think, road rash by the end of the uh, day. <laughs> I'm trying to think of um, some, some good celebrities who suffered from mental illness. I know Batman, our current Batman right now, he's an, a recovering, trying to be a recovering alcoholic. Uh, ben Affleck's been Heath in Ledger. Heath Ledger, one of the greatest Joker. Kurt Cobain, Lane Staley. Yeah. I, the list goes on and on. Unfortunately, yeah. this is something that people don't take as seriously as they should. I and mean, a lot of kids don't know this, but Barney the Purple Dinosaur suffered from low self-esteem. And he needed to pick me up before every time. And it was called Colt 45. Two zigzags. And I did a couple of zigzags. Now that purple dinosaur looks happy. That's all I need. Why is there smoke coming out of his nose? <laughs> Roll camera. <laughs> Barney's on fire. Oh, oh my god. Me and Larry met a guy today who was literally fell right out of Sesame Street. Oh yeah. This is just this West Side guy. He was at a West Side of, Park job yeah, in front of him. And he place. sounded like Red Dead Redemption, I swear. <laughs> Howdy, partner. We got laggers and IPAs right around there if you check out the cooler. <laughs> oh, what is shit. going on? 
there's a string section playing. Wow, in my you pants. got background music from my Red Dead Redemption <laughs> rant here. I did like the old West. It did. And, <laughs> it, it did. As soon as you start to. It's old. okay. He was just looking up Red Dead porn on the way. <laughs> mm, I, I bet you. Yeah, it dude. Exists. It ex- okay. Everybody, it's Red Dead Redemption era right now. Everybody's playing it except for Josh because he's reviewing every game but that. Unfortunately, well, I'm gonna review it. It's just Dutch. Where are you planning on putting that? Get that flag out of your ass! But I'm at Marilyn Monroe's funeral. <laughs> Is that going to be the thing that comes from us? Everybody who shows up at a celebrity funeral with a flag in their ass, they're just, they've been listening to conspiracy therapy. Yeah. Now, is it like a full flag or is it one of those like dollar store flags? Actually, pictured, I actually pictured like this, this <laughs> full flag. <laughs> it's just dragging on the road. I tried oh, this. that's cold. Is that metal? Should have went with wood. I pictured one of those, the white flag that was like, I surrender, <laughs> but it's coming out of your butt. What uh, you doing? Going to a NASCAR race. I'm the checkered flag. <laughs> Just standing up there shaking your <laughs> twerking. <laughs> We're inventing a sexual dysfunction that somebody's going to have down the road. Shakira's a national hero. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. God bless America. All right. Back on track. Back on track. Can't so fly by. <laughs> So let's talk about her early years before butts had flags in them. Monroe had been dependent on those things that I mentioned. Low self-esteem, chronic insomnia. So she couldn't sleep. Do any of us have that problem? I feel like we've talked about this before. From time to time, but I I don't think it's, I wouldn't say it's a sleep disorder. It's just like most people. Sometimes you just have those nights. You go to bed, Mm -hmm. you can't turn your brain off. Yeah. True. So I just wake up a lot. You just eventually you'll fall asleep. I feel like, yeah, you were kind of the comforting thing because me and April were both like, oh, sometimes it's hard. But it is. Mm-hmm. But you will will fall asleep. And sometimes even, the best thing is to get up and kind of walk it off. Kind of read a little bit or I got a call coming on, don't I? Oh, boy. Everybody's phones are going off. It's like this is this is unscripted conspiracy therapy. You guys are getting like, oh, should we talk to him? Yeah. Hold on. And we're back. <laughs> we took an impromptu break. Somebody called. Mm-hmm. Hey, you've all been there. You're doing something, and all of a sudden, some screaming kid comes up with, yeah. Oh, time to do that. <laughs> Three. Wow. Okay. wow. All right, let's start Three. that again. Three, two, one. Uh. Well, you sound like you just took a dump. <laughs> Four. Ah. <laughs> uh. Let me just put my shirt back on. Okay, so good God. So we talked about insomnia. She had acquired a reputation of being difficult to work with, which is probably why she might have gotten fired. She mm-hmm. was frequently delayed productions by being late to film sets in addition to having trouble remembering her lines. By that's 19- not good. No, it's not good, especially if that's your job. Yeah. By 1960, this behavior was adversely affecting her career. For example, although she was author Truman Capote's preferred choice to play Holly Golightly in the film ad- adaptation of Breakfast at Tiffany's, Paramount Pictures declined to cast her due to fear that she would complicate the film's production. Mm. The two films Monroe completed in the 60s, Let's Make Love and The Misfits, mm. were both critical and commercial failures. Ooh. During the filming of the latter, she had spent a week detoxing in a hospital. Her third marriage to author Arthur Miller ended in divorce in January of 1961. 
That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sad life. Instead of working, Monroe spent a large part of 61 preoccupied with health problems and did not work on any new film projects. She underwent surgery for her endometriosis and colectomy. Mark that. Cholesticotomy. Okay, so endometrius is a condition which sells. Sick interventional shit. The layer of tissue that normally covers the inside of the uterus grows inside out, grow go outside of it. So she got probably <laughs> okay. So it sounds like she had that reduced, and then cholesticotomy. Uh, High cholesterol. Cholesticotomy is the surgical removal of the gallbladder. Okay, that would have been easier to say is just removal of the gallbladder, but it still wasn't any easier for you. (laughs) So she spent four weeks in hospital clear, including a brief stint in a mental ward for depression. Oh, wow. Which, if people spent time in a mental ward just for depression, I feel like 90% of the population would just disappear. Well, I mean, there's different levels. True. I feel like I have kind of a low level. It doesn't really affect me. <laughs> I feel like bad. I feel it for a minute and then I slam one of these delicious bells too hard. Yeah. Which doesn't help. <laughs> which is a depressant. Chase it with a depressant. Yeah. Uh, anyway, less about me, more about Marilyn Monroe. In 1962, she received a world film favorite Golden Globe Award and began to shoot a new film, Something's Gotta Give, a remake of My Favorite Wife from 1940. <laughs> Which hopefully, sounds- <laughs> hopefully, everybody who's got a wife says you're my favorite wife. Mm-hmm. It could be a polygamist. Yeah, very, very, <laughs> very big with of the my uh, eight wives. You're my favorite wife. What's that religion? What begins with an M? Mormon. Mormon. <laughs> yeah, very big with the Mormons. Mormons. <laughs> sounds so evil when you say <laughs> Mormons. They're scary folks. The Mormons are coming. And you're my favorite wife. The movie. Hide your flags and hide your buttholes. Oh, jeez. <sighs> the flags are coming out again. Great, I have eight wives. It means you got to plant eight flags. <laughs> it's tough being a flagpole. Oh, six flags would be like the six ultimate flags. BDSM. <laughs> it's a high-paying job, though. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> All right. Days before <sighs> filming began, Monroe caught Sinistis? Sinit S I N U S I T I S. Sinitis. Sinitis? Sinitis. Also known as a sinus infection. So she got the sniffles. I guess that's probably boiling it down real simple. Fox was advised to postpone the production, but the advice was not heeded and filming began on schedule in late April. Monroe was too ill to work for the majority of the next six weeks, but Mm. despite confirmations by multiple doctors, the studio tried to pressure her by publicly alleging that she was faking it. Ooh. Wow. Which sounds like a bunch of high-level guys. Sounds like a bunch of bad managers or bosses that you might have (laughs) at a place who say, hey, why don't you skip your lunch? Why don't you rush through? No breaks. A.K.A. a bunch of old white guys. Probably. I forget. My dog is so used to that sound. It drives him nuts. Chewy, stop. Oh, boy. So, on May, <laughs> You're a dick. on May 19th, she took a break from filming to sing 
happy birthday on stage to President John F. Kennedy at his birthday celebration at Madison Square Garden in New York. By the way, the dog's still downstairs barking. Barking at the door, thinking that the male whoever man. makes that sound would be at the door. Probably a male prostitute. Mm-hmm. In New York, 10 days before his actual birthday. So that's when that happy birthday, oh, Mr. Oh, sorry, President. <laughs> I would be like, wow, I'm really surprised that she, I, I mean, I thought she was sick. And then she goes and does this. I mean, oh, happy birthday. They're going to puck what you just stand in with a little G string on. <laughs> <laughs> and tassels and booby tassels. Uh, what I would you fuck me? Come fuck me. <laughs> got, a I real t- that. got a real tuckaroo <laughs> happening for you there, Mister President. Oh, <laughs> uh, the puck oh, would you singing podcast. <laughs> The puck would you singing "Happy Birthday, Mister President." <laughs> It all happens here, folks. So, Monroe and Kennedy had mutual friends, and although they had sometimes had casual sexual encounters, there's no evidence that their relationship was serious. After Monroe returned to L.A. from New York City, she resumed filming and celebrated her 36th birthday on the set on June Who sang for her? I don't know. One of her miscarriages. Hey, One of her miscarriages. <laughs> oh, wow. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't know why I crossed that line. That was horrible. <laughs> I am so sorry. I, I just. Ouch. It's terrible. <laughs> I know. Strike it. Reverse that. I didn't say that. I'm a bad man. Arama, happy birthday to our you. <laughs> I didn't I know just, the male Siri was singing to him. <laughs> okay. <sighs> bring it in. Bring it in. Gather it up. Gather She's it a beautiful up. woman. Amazing. Amazing. So she was again absent for several days, which led 20th Century Fox to fire her on June 7th and sue for her breach of contract, demanding $750,000 in damages. They fire her and then sue her for breach of contract? Yeah. For you didn't show up. Yeah. 750000 <laughs> so in damages. That's a lot of 50s money or 60s money right there. So she was replaced by Lee Remick. But after co-star Dean Martin refused to make the film with anyone other than Monroe, Fox sued him as well in shut wow. down production. The studio publicly blamed Monroe's drug addiction and alleged lack of professionalism for the demise of the film. Now, here's a little timeline of her death before we take a break. So, Monroe spent the last day of her life, Saturday, August 4th, at her Brentwood home in the mm-hmm. morning. She met with photographer Lawrence Schiller to d- hey, discuss... I lived in Brentwood, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Juice, you always find your way onto the show, don't you? Anyway. In the morning, she met with the photographer to discuss the possibility of Playboy publishing nude photos taken of her on the set of Something's Got to Give. That's interesting. So you're doing a movie, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, can we get a couple of nudies? I mean, that that would be the... the Jitties! What do they call that when you sext? Sexting. Sexting. Okay. They just add an I-N-G to the end of sext. Yeah. Sexting. They got a quick sexting session, and then they wanted those pictures to possibly go to Playboy. So, present at the house in the morning were also her housekeeper, Eunice Murray, and her publicist, Patricia Newcomb, who had stayed you want overnight. Me to fluff your pillow? 
According hi April. <laughs> According to Newcomb, they had an ar- argument because Monroe had not slept well the night before. At 4:30 p.m. on Saturday, August 4th, Monroe's psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson, arrived at the house to conduct a therapy session and asked Newcomb to leave. Before Greenson left at around 7 p.m., he asked Murray to stay overnight and keep Monroe company. At approximately 7, 7.15, Monroe received a call from Joe DiMaggio Jr., with whom she had stayed close since her marriage to his father. He told her that he had broken up with a girlfriend she did not like and detected nothing alarming in her behavior. Just kind of sad. Because she's like ex-stepmom. Yeah. And then he calls and he's like, by the way, I, I broke up with Betty Sue. So, uh, you open for business? Ooh. Oh, that's weird. I wonder if that was the thought in his mind. Maybe. 36? I mean, that's how old I am. I'm hot. Come and get it, girl. <laughs> Red Dead 2018. I got a girlfriend. Never mind. So. So. Doesn't matter if she hears this. She will. Hi. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Monroe retired to her bedroom at approximately 8 p.m. She received a call from actor Peter Lawford, who was hoping to persuade her to attend his party that night. Lawford became alarmed because Monroe sounded like she was under the influence of drugs. She told him to say, quote, say goodbye to Pat, say goodbye to the president, Lawford's brother-in-law, and say goodbye to yourself because you're a nice guy before drifting off. Unable to reach Monroe Lawford called his agent, Milton Evans, who unsuccessfully tried to reach Dr. Greenson and later called Monroe's lawyer, Milton A. Mikey Rudin. Rudin called Monroe's house and was assured by her housekeeper that she was fine. At approximately 3.30 a.m., which is kind of like you the devil's hour. Pillow? That's like the time when like all the bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. Amityville. All the goes fun on. stuff. Yeah. Wait a second. Isn't it? It's 3 a.m. Must be lonely. Matchbox 20. The thing that bothers me right off the bat here. Was that phone so call? She talks to the to the the actor. He's calling agents and all that instead of you know calling the cops. Yeah, and then which every, would make sense. Well, here's where the, I think the cover up comes in because everybody there is like, no, she's fine. Oh, and yeah. then the meanwhile, the actor's listening to her and she's like, say goodbye to the president. Say goodbye to say goodbye to yourself. Yourself. Say By goodbye. Me. Say goodbye to me. Say, say goodbye. goodbye to the flag. Say goodnight, Moon. Say goodnight, Cat. Say goodnight, bat in the tr- <laughs> in the tree. I'm just saying, goodnight, moon. She just says, you think she was that way? She one of those people said goodnight to everything. <laughs> goodnight, lamp. Goodnight, carpet. Goodnight, pillow. Goodnight, vibrator. Oh, 1962 vibrator. What is that song? Like? Squeaky, 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 squeaky. I think they invented batteries by then. Oh, that's true. Oh, fair enough. Not 1852. We didn't <laughs> buy a candlestick. <laughs> Good night, bucket. I piss in. <laughs> Good night, P. Good night, me. Oh God! Good night, vomit. Oh, good lord! God, I just have that 24 year old stream again. <laughs> what I wouldn't instead, give instead of the instead of this. And then, then you put it away and a little bit dribbles out. Like, come on! I like the underwear with just the three piss stains, not mm-hmm. the fucking 24 and the big old pond in the middle. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Getting old. It sucks. It does. Wieners. Old uh, wieners. Jesus, Jesus. So, <laughs> got our next thir- podcast. <laughs> old wieners. Old wieners. <laughs> yep. Look for it. Beer City Media coming this fall. Porn. That's where we're going to talk about porn and give. Uh, 
And we're going to give each other uh, exams. Flag exams. Flag exams. Okay, so... <laughs> this one's half-masked. So, 3.30 a.m. on Sunday, August 5th, Murray woke up, quote, sensing that something was wrong and saw light from under Monroe's bedroom door, but she was not able to get a response and found the door locked. She telephoned Greenson, on whose advice she looked in through a window and saw Monroe laying face down on her bed, covered by a sheet and clutching a telephone receiver. Hmm. What, what I think... If she did die, that actor was the one that talked to her, and she was on that. That's why she drifted off. Okay. She took those pills then, and that was it. That was the exit. That was the the point. So Newcomb, uh, or Lawford, I'm sorry, the one that she was talking to, Peter or Peter Lawford. I think she heard the death. I think he heard like the kind the of the last marching. call. Yeah. So, uh, she telephoned. Greenson, on whose advice she looked... Okay, so they looked through the window, find, find her dead. He called her physician, Dr. Hyman Engelberg, who arrived at the house at around 3.50 a.m. and officially confirmed the death. At 4.25 a.m., they notified the Los Angeles Police Department. Mm. A little bit of time there. I think she'd be dead for a little while. But that's it, folks. I mean... We know about her 23 movies. We know Mm -hmm. she was a a spectacular model. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. The most infamous scene, the dress getting blown up. Oh, yeah. That was her. Oh, oh, no. Oopsies. No, you're angry. You need a Snickers. Like, step. (laughs) William Defoe. (laughs) Just take two steps off the platform there, Marilyn, and that whole problem. It probably feels good. True. I mean. I'd imagine. I don't know what it's like. And we're missing. No, I think if if it was a hot summer day and you had some wind blowing on your undercarriage, it would feel good. Like not sexually. Do I have to admit to this on the podcast? Yes. Okay. Truth corner. Yes. Okay. Truth corner. If I had a a skirt on for some weird reason and and a big old draft went up my woohoo. I tell you what, if they allowed kilts for uh, uh, male prostitutes, I totally would be in. One hundred percent agree. I'm down too. In the summer, holy shit, would that feel Mm -hmm. good? Then occasionally, you know. <sighs> we need to make kilts a like normal, fashionable thing that you can do in America. Because honestly, everyone else has it right. I have. Uh, there's a guy actually near my route who uh, every almost like it seemed like every day in the summer I saw him out in a kilt, and I was like, "Good on you, bud." Except for he went the full Scottish route and had like no bagpipes on the front <laughs> and like a weird like what are the like a beret type mm-hmm. hat. And I was like, mm, I ditched the beret. Yeah. Because it's hot up there. Anyway, <laughs> Monroe's conspiracies coming to you live in the second segment, folks. We'll see you on the other side. Second segment time. Time to get into all the segments you and love. Missing one today. <laughs> April. 
Mm-hmm. I know you're listening to this right now. It's a week later. Asher's crying. <laughs> boo. Boo. <laughs> it's November, but boo. Anyway, so during the 1960s, there was no widespread conspiracy theories about Monroe's death. The first allegations that she had been murdered originated in any communist activist Frank A. Capel's self-published pamphlet, The Strange Death of Marilyn Monroe in 1964, in which he claimed that her death was part of a communist conspiracy. He claimed that Monroe and U.S. Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy had an affair, which she took too seriously and was threatening to cause a scandal. Kennedy, therefore... Mm. Is that what an affair sounds like? That's Robert F. Kennedy sucking off her flag. Oh, God. We have created a sexual problem for some people. Kennedy therefore ordered her to be assassinated to protect his career. In addition to how'd that work out for him? Not good. See our Manchurian candidate episode. I think it's in season two. Yes. Yes. Sirhan, Sirhan. In addition to accusing Kennedy of being a communist sympathizer, Capel also claimed that many other people close to Monroe, such as her doctors and her ex-husband Arthur Miller, Arthur Miller, were communists. Miller. That's what you. After you've had too many Millers, Miller that's what you start to call a Miller. Can I have another Miller light? Miller. 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 Bueller. Capel's credibility has been seriously questioned because his only source was a columnist, Walter Winchell, who in turn had received much of his information from him. Capel, therefore, was citing himself. His friend, LAPD Sergeant Jack Clemens, aided him in developing his pamphlet. Clemens became a central source for conspiracy theorists. He was the first police officer on the scene of Monroe's death and later made claims that he had not mentioned in the official 62 investigation when he arrived at Monroe's house. Her housekeeper was washing her sheets, and he had a sixth sense that something was wrong. You want me fluff your pillow? Hi, April. Capel and Clemens made allegations that have been seen as linked to their political goals. Capel dedicated his life to revealing an international communist conspiracy, and Clemens was a member of the Police and Fire Research Organization, which sought to expose subversive activities which threaten our American way of life. God damn it. Now, these similar, th- that organization, similar organizations were known for their stance against the Kennedys and for sending the FBI letters incriminating them. A 1964 FBI file that speculated on an affair between Monroe and Robert F. Kennedy is like to, likely to have come from them. That's crazy that the Kennedy brothers would just like switch off. Mm-hmm. Could you? Oh, hunky. you have a brother? I do. But we're Could not going to do that. No. No. That's what I'm saying. I get that. Mm-hmm. But then if they're not talking about it. I mean, it's really weird to be Peter-in-laws with your own brother. Yeah. That Ooh, would be buddy. an awkward conversation. <laughs> like, ooh. Hey, so bro. Do tight. you like the thing she did? Did She gets great pull. Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. That's no fun. Yeah. That just, that does, that just definitely strikes a weird. Hey, bro. How about that thing she does with her tongue? Yeah. Um. Mm. Yeah, it's even weird when it's like a a buddy of yours ex. Mm-hmm. Like, it's strange. Uh, well, no, it's not strange how that works. But I'm just saying, like, there's certain lines you do not cross. Mm-hmm. And sleeping with somebody that is a a friend's ex or a family member's ex, uh, especially your dad's ex, that's just <laughs> really weird. Yeah. Story time. <laughs> no. 
Now, furthermore, Capel, Clemens, and a third person were indicated in a 1965 by a California grand jury for conspiracy to libel by obtaining and distributing a false affidavit claiming that Senator Thomas Kuchel had once been arrested for a homosexual act, which is totally normal. People shouldn't get arrested for homosexual acts. They had done this because Kuchel had supported the Civil Rights Act of 64. Capel pleaded guilty and charges against Clemens were dropped after he resigned from the LAPD. In the 1960s, Monroe's death was discussed in Charles Hamblett's Who Killed Marilyn Monroe, which came out in 66, and in James A. Hudson's The Mysterious Death of Marilyn Monroe in 1968. Neither Capel, Hamblett's, or Hudson's accounts were widely disseminated. Now, in the 70s, Norson Mailer, Robert Slatzer, and Anthony Saccato. The allegations of murder first became part of mainstream discussion when the publication of Norman Mailer's Maryland, a biography in 73, despite not having any evidence to prove it, Mailer repeated the claim that Monroe and Robert F. Kennedy had an affair and speculated that she was killed by either the FBI or CIA who wished to use the murder as a point of pressure against the Kennedys. The book was heavily criticized in reviews, and later that year, Mailer recanted his allegations in an interview with Mike Wallace for 60 Minutes, stating that he had made them to ensure commercial success for his book, Ooh, Mm. based on a true story. Yes. These guys. (laughs) Lightly based. And that he believes Monroe's death was 10 to 1 on an accidental suicide. Accidental suicide? Yeah. Yeah, what does that mean? Like you're, I'm thinking about it, but mm, we'll see. I tripped and fell, and these pills fell all in my mouth at once. It's like the, 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 what was it? When everybody was like, if you cheat, you just go, oh, I slipped on some ice, and then my wiener fell out, and then she fell on my wiener, or he fell on my wiener. It was weird. There's all sorts of wiener followings, or followings, or fallings. There's nothing like slippery ice to make your zipper fall down in your wiener to come out. Happens all the time. Oh, I broke my dick. Yes, yeah, that's more than likely what's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> if your dick's out and you slip on ice, chances are it's going to either go in your mouth, in your butt, or in the ground. Yeah. Or just out in uh, remembrance of Harambe. So two years later, Robert F. Slatzer published The Life and Curious Death of Marilyn Monroe in 1975 based on Capel's pamphlet. In addition to his assertion that Monroe was killed by Robert F. Kennedy, Slatzer also controversially claimed to have been married to Monroe in Mexico for three days in October of 52, and they had remained close friends until her death. Although his account was not wildly circulated at the time, it has remained central to conspiracy theories. Also, Synergy, speaking of our Spanish listeners, we just did an episode on La Llorona. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Creepy. In October of 75, rock journalist Anthony Cicado published an article about Monroe's death in soft porn magazine, We. Ooh. And the following year, expanded his account into book form as Who Killed Marilyn Monroe in uh, 76, actually. Just exactly what you're looking to read when you're beating off. Yeah. Who Killed the Hot Girl? Published under the pen name Tony Skisk. Tony Scacia. His only sources were Slatzer and his private investigator Milo Spigerlio. 
In addition to repeating Slatzer's claims, Sakato alleged that Monroe had kept a red diary in which she had written confidential political information she had heard from the Kennedys and that her house had been wide wiretaped by surveillance expert Brent Bernard Spindell on the orders of union leader Jimmy Hoffa, mm. who was hoping to obtain incriminating evidence he could use against the Kennedys. Now, Milo Spriglio, 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 Anthony Summers. In 1982, Slasher's private, private detective Milo Spriglio published Marilyn Monroe murder cover-up in which he claimed that Monroe had been murdered by Jimmy Hoffa and mob boss Sam Giacana. Basing his account on Slatzer and Scaduto's book, Spurglio added statements made by Lionel Granson, who worked at the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office at the time of Monroe's death. Granson claimed that Monroe's body had been extensively bruised, but this had been omitted from the autopsy report and that he had seen the Red Diary, but it had mysteriously disappeared. Mm. Spriglio and Slatzer demanded that the investigation into Monroe's death be reopened by authorities, and the Los Angeles District Attorney agreed to review the case. Now, there is an 82 uh, newsreel that you can find on YouTube where they talk about this stuff. It was Maybe we could post it? We can. Which you should follow us on Facebook and join our closed group, because that's where we generally post all like the really juicy tidbits. And funny memes. Oh, yeah. We love you guys with your memes. So the new investigation could not find any evidence to support these murder claims. Grancian was found to not be a reliable witness as he had been fired from the coroner's office for stealing from corpses. <laughs> he, he He's walks pressing up, the loot button on the Red y, Dead. The Y button. I thought of that too. <laughs> he walks up and is like, loot, 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 loot. Oh, wanted. Damn it. I got to get out of this county or I got to go to the post office and pay that $5 <laughs> bounty fee. <laughs> yep. You'll uh, find out soon enough, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get there. <laughs> Red Dead. It's a life it's it a lifestyle. Is. So Grantian was found, like I said, not to be reliable because stealing from dead people. The allegations that Monroe's <laughs> home was wiretapped by Bernard Spindell was were also found to be false. Spindell's apartment had been raided by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office in 66, during which his tapes were seized. Ooh. He later made a claim that he had wiretaped Monroe's house, but it was not supported by the contents of the tapes, which mm. the investigators had listened to. The most prominent conspiracy based on Monroe in the 80s was journalist, British journalist Anthony Summers, whose book, Goddess, The Secret Lives of Marilyn Monroe, is one of the most commercially successful Monroe biographies. This one came out in 85. She was killed, she was. <laughs> Prior to writing on Monroe, he had authored a book on conspiracy theory on the assassination of JFK. See our episodes on JFK. People seem to like him. His investigation of Monroe began as an assignment for the British tabloid The Sunday Express to cover the Los Angeles, Angeles District Attorney's 1982 review. According to Summers, Monroe was psychotic. Hmm. Addicted to drugs and alcohol in the last months of her life and had affairs with Jack and Robert Kennedy. When Robert F. Kennedy ended their affair, she threatened to reveal their association, which Kennedy and Peter Lawford attempted to prevent by enabling her addictions. Monroe was hysterical when she accidentally overdosed and died in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. Which she was hysterical about it? Yeah. Like, oh, I killed myself. This yes! is the worst. 
Kennedy wanted to leave LA before Monroe's death became public and her body was returned to her house and, and the overdose was staged as a suicide by Lawford, the Kennedys and J. Edgar Hoover. Ooh. This one goes to the top, folks. No kidding. What sucks. a death spiracy. I gotta say, five-star death spiracy. Yeah. Summers based his account on interviews he had conducted with 650 people connected to Monroe, but his research had been criticized by, by biographers Donald Spato and Sarah Churchwell. According to Spato, Summers contradicts himself, presents false information as fact, and misres- misrepresents what some of Monroe's friends said about her. Churchwell has stated that while Summers accumulated a large collection of anecdotal material, most of his allegations are speculation. Many of the people he interviewed could provide only second or third hand accounts, and they, quote, relate what they believe, not what they didn't yeah. demonstrably know. Unquote. Summers was also the first major biographer to find Slatzer a credible witness and relies heavily on testimonies by controversial witnesses. Mm. Including Jack Clemens and Jean Carmen, a woman whose claim to have been Monroe's close friend has been disputed by many people. Summers' theory was discussed in BBC's documentary Marilyn Say Goodbye to the President 19, from 1985 in a 26-minute segment produced by ABC's 2020. The 2020 segment was never aired. Really? As the news executive Rune Algridge decided that the claims made in it required more evidence to back them up. Wow, that sounds great. Where we can't say allegations because these things need to be backed up instead of just... Yeah, but then conspiracy theorists... They jump on that. Right. And they refute that as proof. Right, and I love how their investigative journalism doesn't include leaving their mother's basement or interviewing anybody. Right. We got a few more, and then we get to our next segment. So, in the 90s, two new books alleged, again, that Monroe was murdered, Peter Brown and Pat Barham's Marilyn, The Last Take from 92, and Donald H. Wolf's The Last Days of Marilyn Monroe from 98. Neither presented much new evidence, but relied extensively on Compel and Summers, as well as on disputed witnesses such as Granson, Slatzer, Clemens, and Carmen. Wolf also did not provide any sources for the claims. You need sources, folks. Yeah. You can't just say, okay, the sky is black when it's blue. And then your sources are my eyes or a leprechaun. Mm-hmm. We need some, oh. a scientist, at least. Somebody of reputable re- nature. Reputable nature, exactly. So, in the 2000s, <laughs> there was John Minor and Matthew Smith. This has gone on for, I mean, she has a fandom. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, well, pa- I mean... I, did, I think I mentioned this in the last segment, but Jane Fonda was actually taking acting classes with Marilyn Monroe at the really? time. And she remembers specifically that she had low self-esteem, mm. even though she was the biggest celebrity in the world. You can't, you can't understand what's in someone else's head. No, you can't. And that's something that I will I don't take. even understand what's going on in my head half I, the time. I, I don't <laughs> understand what's going on in my head. We know. Uh, <laughs> I know I have the whole page of it. That's true. Um, no, it's, it's funny. It's when I was young, I remember a kid telling me if I could know what's going on inside your head. And that was high school. Me, mm-hmm. that was just a buddy of mine who was like, you're That's fucking weird hormones going on. Yeah. See, the thing is, is uh, fame sometimes strikes people. It strikes everybody differently. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is you look at some people that it's like overnight. They don't know how to process that. They're, they're still Justin the same Bieber. person. Yeah. 
Uh, you look at a lot of these child stars that they grow up and they or they suddenly become super famous and they don't know how to cope with it and or they lose it. Yeah, and they want it back. So yeah, you can't <clears throat> you can't change somebody. Look at us, like Kurt Cobain. I mean, he became went from being super poor to super rich. But I think the fame was more of a problem from him. I think well, he would have been happy making music without anybody knowing who the hell he was. That's yeah. possible. I think he wanted to be like a kind of like a mid-level indie rock guy. I mean, and, depression doesn't matter how many how much money you have in your bank account. Depression will hit you either way. I remember a quote from Billy Corgan who said, "All the money in the world doesn't hold your head when your parents die." Uh, that's yeah. a good. He's a smart dude. Yeah, I, I always like his interviews. Check him out, Smashing Pumpkins. Billy, come on the show. All right. So anyway. <laughs> John He's Meyer, got some stories. I'm sure he does. Yeah. I mean, but like, he, he should be on potty slam. He well, he he told a story in the Howard Stern show about um being in the presence of two different shapeshifters. He has those kinds of stories. Okay, he nice. can come on this show first. Yeah. So John Miner's allegations that Monroe's death was not a suicide received more publicity in the 2000s when he published transcripts that he claimed to have made from audio tapes that Monroe recorded shortly before her death. Minor claimed that Monroe gave the tapes to her psychiatrist, Dr. Greenson, who invited him to listen to them after her death. On the tapes, Monroe spoke of her plans for the future, which Minor yeah. argues is proof that she could not have killed herself. She also discussed her sex life and use of enemas. And Minor, ale- Minor alleged... Get that, po- get that flag out of there. Minor alleged that Monroe was killed by an enema that was administered <laughs> by her housekeeper. Which, which feels like it would be a lot messier than just barbiturates and... That's not a turd, that's a candy bar! Minor's allegations have received criticism during the official review of the case by the district attorney in 82. He told the investigators about the tapes, but did not mention that he had transcripts for them. Minor claimed that this was because Greenson had sworn him to silence. The tapes themselves were never have never been found, and Minor remains the only person to claim they existed. Greenson was already dead before Minor went public with them. Biographer Lewis Banner knew Minor personally because they worked at the University of Southern California. He further, he further challenged the authenticity of the transcripts. Minor had once lost his license to practice law for several years, lied to Banner, about having worked for the Kinsey Institute, which Kinsey is actually a great movie with Liam Neeson, and it's about sex studies, and had gone bankrupt shortly after selling the alleged transcripts. He had first attempted to sell the transcripts to Vanity Fair, which, that's kind of douchey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when the magazine had asked him to show them to Anthony Summers in order to validate them, it had become apparent that he did not have them. Mm. The transcripts, which Miners finally sold to British author Matthew Smith, were therefore written several decades after he alleged to have listened to the tapes. Miners claim that Monroe's housekeeper was in fact her nurse and administered her enemas you want on, me a, fluff your pillow? on a administered these enemas on a regular basis. Damn. Damn, she had to I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but on a enemas on a regular enemas on a regular basis? Your, yeah. Your butthole's got to be like a freeway system after that. <laughs> Do you even poop? Do you just sit down and it's just, just like, oh, I better shove my kidneys back up there because everything wants to fall out. Yeah, I'm done. Anyway, diarrhea would be just, the worst. It just, yeah. 
Furthermore, Banner wrote that Minor had a personal obsession about enemas and practiced sadomasochism. <laughs> she concluded that this theory about Monroe's death represented his sexual interest and was not based on evidence. Matthew Smith published the transcripts as part of his book, Victim, The Secret Tapes of Marilyn Monroe. He asserted that Monroe was murdered by the CIA due to her association with Robert Kennedy as the agency wanted revenge for the Kennedy's handling of the Bay of Pigs invasion, which that's a doozy and we could get into that one down the road. Smith had already written about the topic in his previous book, The Men Who Murdered Marilyn from 1996, noting that Smith included no footnotes of his 1996 book and only eight in victim. Churchwell has called his account a quote, tissue of conjecture, speculation, and pure fiction as a documentary fact. And quote, arguably the least factual of all of Maryland's lives. The minor transcripts were also discussed in a 2005 Los Angeles Times article, which you should seek out. Mm. This is all interesting stuff. But see, in order to really process Marilyn Monroe and her death and the conspiracy, we like to get into our pop culture. It's time for the pop culture minute, Josh. Sonic, Sonic Boom! Yeah! That's I'm a chance. Like, I just want to jam on this for a while. Makes me want to play Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yeah. Oh. It's one of my favorites. Alright, guys. Seriously? Seriously. There's an entire Wikipedia page just for pop culture references. So forgive me if this doesn't turn into the three hour. Uh, right. So I picked a couple of the ones I liked. Okay. Okay. We're going to start I trust off. your judgment. I, you better than I. Uh, we're going to start off with video <laughs> games. Uh, there's actually, there was only two, but the one that I liked the most was a, uh, a game for the Nintendo 3DS called Yokai Watch 2. And in that, there is an in-game version of Marilyn Monroe called Mary Ronmo. Oh, come on. Mary Monroe, Mary Monroe. That's just how Ryan pronounces her name. Mary Ronmo. She's a vegetarian. She don't eat meat, but she sure likes a bone. bone. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, Mary Ronmo stars in a movie called Gentlemen Endure Prawns, which of course is a spoof on Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. A side quest involving her infamous scene with the red dress, finding her in a famous red dress, which she wore in a scene in which her dress was blown upwards. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alerts. (laughs) Uh, The seven year itch is like one of the most infamous scenes of all time. Oh, uh, you got that itch? Worse. For seven years, I've had this itch. <laughs> I had the itch on my... Might want to get that checked out. Doctor gave me an ointment, but I don't <laughs> trust it. <laughs> Sound like that guy that we got the beer the, from. The beers from? Got a lager and an IPA for you. <laughs> and some penicillin. <laughs> Turn of the century here. Kate Dutch. <laughs> now, obviously, um, well, if you people didn't know, her, her real name is actually Norma Jean. Yes, and that's a uh, basis for a. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> There's a. There actually is a metalcore band. Oh, really? Called Norma Jean. Oh. 
They have an amazing album called Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child. That was one of the first big heavy bands that I got into. Oh, they're so good. Uh, I listened to them back in the early 2000s, and it was like, damn, it's mm-hmm. good stuff. Fans of uh, 90s rock, yes. though, might know of a fellow named Marilyn Manson. Ah. Ah. His now, last name is silly, though. Well, the uh, Marilyn Manson bandmates, they all, with the exception of one, and that was John Five, they all took a serial killer and a, a model. model. Yeah. And that was the basis of their names. Of course, Charlie Manson and Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Wow, we can add. And Twiggy Ramirez, which is Twiggy and Richard Ramirez. And Ramirez. Whoa, what's going on here? No, my phone's Siri decided out. to Jesus. do a... How many phones you got with you? Too many. <laughs> Too many phones. All right. But yeah, that's how uh, Manson got his name. Hey, Lady Gaga fans. Yeah. Uh, the song Government Hooker off of Born This Way is all about the uh, Monroe's allegation affair with John F. Kennedy. Hmm. My favorite line in that song being, put your hands on me. John F. Kennedy. I'll make you squeal, baby. As long as you pay me. So what a bullet to the head make him squeal ah! hmm. back oh, and to the soon. left back and to, to the, the left, left. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a masturbation technique known as the Kennedy back into the, the back left. into the left yeah. yeah ooh it's to spray to the left side yeah. so that you don't have you have less like cleanup when you toss salt over your shoulder if you jizz over your shoulder it's good ooh. luck oh I'll try that mm. later uh, of course Elton John wrote Candle in the Wind originally about mm. her um, there's a, a fella named David Bowie who has a song called Gene Genie and yeah. that references her uh, the little band called the Beatles have an album called the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and she is on the cover of that now Pharrell Williams, Paris Prado, yep. Pr- Brianna Perry, Nicki Minaj, Kinky Friedman, and amongst many, many others. Purple Nurple and Siggy And the Titty Twisters, yeah. And the Stink yeah. and the Sping Spong all have songs called Marilyn or Marilyn Monroe. So there's that. She's a fixture. Now, as far as film goes, who is this? This is um The Northern Lights. This is fucking rad. Those are cool scents. I'll, s- I'll send you the uh, Spotify link to this playlist. Okay, sweet. Maybe we'll post it on the closed Facebook group, which you should like. Get ready to hear about the seven-year itch more, because in film, it comes up a lot. The Tigger movie. Guys, Tigger dresses up as Marilyn. Oh, wow, an itchy pussy. But Tigger's a tiger. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Ooh, walked into that one. Um, and Shrek 2, that infamous scene, I is get played Sh- out. I get Shrek'd every episode. And the Smurfs <laughs> movie, even. Smurfette does the subway. Oh, uh, yeah. I leave a big Shrek every time I take my shirt off. Mm-hmm. And it's a giant Shrek. Last but Le- not least, leaves tracks. Just not in your underwear, hopefully. No, no. just right on the porcelain, these giant tracks. Yeah, <laughs> like moose just, tracks. Ah, donkey. <laughs> oh, no. Somebody wants <laughs> out. And last but not least, <laughs> Back to the Future Part 2. Marilyn Monroe and Back to the Future Part 2. Before Biff forced Marty McFly's mother, Lorraine, 
to marry him in an alter- alternate version of 1985, Biff had dated Monroe, as shown by one video from the museum dedicated to his life. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Let's make out. Let's get out, make out like a tree, and get out of this segment. Nice. That's been your pop culture. What an episode, folks. I can't believe we're already on our verdict. In one corner, and only today, the three boys. It's a three-cornered room. <laughs> You've got the three boys you know and love telling you how it is. going to lay down the law, and you can trust us. Three podcasters you know and trust and love. Hey, eh. the boys are steering the ship today. Oobly. Next week, we should have... steering the ship. Ah, nope. No one's steering the ship. The Next ship week, we should Captain have Chewy. <laughs> Chewy, get on the wheel. Eternity right. do, I think you called it in the last episode. <laughs> I did actually look it up on Wikipedia. What's it called? A ship's wheel. <laughs> it's so on the nose. It's it not is. Like, I wouldn't have guessed it, because it's so right there. I just assumed they had some... Steering wheel. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Taking the, a right. In the other corner, Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. looking pretty. Mm-hmm. CIA, Robert Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, and a host of guys with pamphlets. Yeah, what's with the pamphlets? I don't know. Do you trust a pamphlet ever? No. Unless it's to like a Chinese m- restaurant. Ooh. Yeah, and it's all coupons. Yeah, yeah grab it. Nah. We want to know. Favorite Chinese food? <laughs> We want to know. Okay. I have a new favorite, actually. Yeah. Okay. Favorite Chinese food, Josh, start. I just recently discovered black pepper chicken. Ooh. Oh, my God. It's It's got a little bit of sweet, got a little bit of heat, got a little bit of crunch. It's so oh. good. I'm going to go with um, honey shrimp. Mm. Honey shrimp? Mm-hmm. We're talking Chinese food here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, boy. It's all so good. You know what I really like? really like this too is like not a mainstream buffet Chinese food but when you go to one of those places that do like the five like a family thing and they bring out plates of like this is your sweet and sour pork this is your sesame chicken well, not just a sampler, but I don't know it's if like you've been to, meal. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. It's like about. a five. They, they do a meal, but it's for a five or a six person mm. family. And he orders it just for himself. No. <laughs> no, no I'd be, I would be, I'd be, yeah. I'd be 700 pounds and I'd be downstairs <laughs> doing the podcast. Can't feel my feet. <laughs> Tell me there was a step in front of your house. <laughs> oh, there goes my leg. Diabetes. Another Chinese food. Another toe gone. Tofu toe gone. <laughs> I love a good lemon chicken. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Lemon and chicken is such a good combination <laughs> with like nice buttered. Broccoli. Look, when you say I look at because he's the culinary <sighs> guy and he's like, yeah, you're right. Mm. It's really good. Lemon. Lemon and chicken. Yeah, a little acid. Yeah. Always does you right. I love acid. Mm. All right, what are we? What's this podcast about? Verdict. Uh, that's right. 
the we Taekwondo Chinese podcast <laughs> for chicken and the Asian cuisine. Taekwondo, the baking show for Chinese people. <laughs> I'll hate mail to Ryan. Yeah, I won't. I'm the one who sent it, but send it to Ryan. I'll delete it. And you'll be okay. Mm. Tell us your favorite Chinese food. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Tell us. Okay, so we want to know, did Marilyn Monroe get offed or did she actually off herself? Hmm. That's our verdict. Did she do it? (laughs) Did she do it to herself or did someone else do it to her? Your three podcasters are going to weigh in. She didn't need that. She had enough bows to be. No kidding. And she was probably too depressed to even buy one of those. Do you want me to start? Sure. I'll go first, which is rare. Yeah. I think that Marilyn Monroe died of her own cause. I think she was addicted to substances. I think with her depression, it makes sense. I think there's a lot of miscommunication, but there's not a lot of definitive proof. You can tire to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I do think that these people had affairs with her, but I don't think the Kennedys were smart enough to plan some sort of great assassination attempt, especially, especially like, Fred Kennedy. Or, oh, I'm Fred, Fred Kennedy. <laughs> I'm back again. That <laughs> is a, back. That is a back we're, reaching, that, we're going to the Wayback Machine for that one. That's for you guys who've been here from the beginning. We love you. No, truth truth be told, I don't I don't think there's any way to look at this other than her killing herself because it just she locked the door. You heard the testimony from the the actor who who wanted her to come to the party. Yeah. It just makes sense to me that she was depressed. And it's hard, you know, she's 36 and she's past her prime, especially during that time. You're not past your prime when you're 36. No. Again, as a human being, like your prime is in your fifties and sixties, I believe. I believe, yeah. And I agree. I think not she did physically, it. but I, <laughs> you can get there. I agree that she did it to herself, Josh. Oh, I died myself. God damn it! For can't give Fred Kennedy a gun ever. <laughs> oh <Poor> man! Guy. <laughs> All right, uh. Just looking to see if there was a bullet in it. I looked down in the barrel. Oh, I got to fit the blender. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I do think that this was a suicide. Well, maybe not. In it. She killed herself. I'm not going to say it was suicide. Yeah. I think this was unintended. The fact that she called and had that conversation and she was saying, say goodbye I think that she realized that she was dying, or that didn't was, care, and maybe didn't care. Mm. Otherwise, she would have, you know, called the, you know, police, the paramedics. So it's unfortunate, but yeah, you have a woman who's thirty six and uh, having all these affairs. I mean, she doesn't have a solid love life. She's got a apparently strong, solid movement with all those uh, animals. Yeah, she's got a she had a sex life, but. You know, I think that she felt like she was missing out on love and she was missing out on these gigs because of her own fault and she got into addictions. So, yes, in a way, the Kennedys were responsible because they were giving this to her like, hey, we're going to get her more high. We're going to put all this stuff into her so she becomes miserable and oops, she's dead. But I think that was her own fault. Unfortunately, it's like I said in the beginning, uh, mental illness is something that's very serious and people don't treat it as serious as they should. 
And unfortunately for uh, Norma Jean, that I think had the that was the end of her. Yeah, Larry. Same thing. I think um, it was an overdose. How many pills did she take? Did they say? I think it was like forty. That sounds like suicide. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, there's all the other stuff is just so out there. I don't think it's. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, so it's uh, around the horn. I think we all think that it was either slash accidental slash just a night on the town needed to sleep it off. Probably wanted to put the ghosts away. Three marriages. Popularity through the roof. The 60s. Yeah, that's been your verdict. All right. Well, it's that time of the episode, folks. It's time for us to get quizzical. Let's get quizzical, quizzical. I want to get quizzical. Let's get into quizzical. All right, gentle persons. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty gentle. Since she made her movies in the 1950s, let's do a 1950s quiz. Okay. In 1950, war broke out when South Korea Korea, Korea was attacked by which country? Josh. Josh. North Korea? That is correct. Nice. Question number two. In... The U.S. Which newspaper tycoon died in 1951? Was it A. John Rockefeller, B. Andrew Carnegie, C. William Randolph Hearst, or D. Henry Ford? Ryan. Ryan. C. That is correct. Nice. One to one. Question number three. One of Hollywood's favorite tough guys lost his battle against cancer in 1957. What was his name? Was it A. Humphrey Bogart, B. Rock Hudson, C. James Dean, or D. Cary Grant? Ryan. Ryan. D. It's incorrect. Good to see you're not going to Bogart all the points. Josh. Josh. Bogart. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Two to one. Question number four. In the 16th Modern Olympic Games that took place in 1956... Were staged in which city? A. Melbourne, B. Paris, C. New York, or D. Calgary? Josh. Josh. Calgary. That's incorrect. He's under, gone down under points there. Ryan. Ryan. Melbourne. That's correct. <laughs> two to two. Oh, boy. In 1955, a woman in Alabama, United States, was arrested for violating the segregated seating laws on a bus. What was her name? Ryan. Ryan. Rosa Parks. That is correct. You guys know your 1950s history like the back of your hand. I win. Larry would know he was there. (laughs) I win. He gets the dig. Comes with the territory. All right. So I think we should probably do... Five stars, and yeah. then we'll get into the voicemails. Yes. Okay. We do have a voicemail, but first and foremost, we do have a five star shout out. Five, 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 
five-star review. Now, this review, I was I was surprised that this review came up because I was I I didn't expect it. I I asked for it, but it 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 materialized instantaneously from our boy Carl Wilkinson. He gives a big old five star to our Facebook and says, "Amazing podcast! The whole game's whole gang seems like friends. Awesome content and sometimes personal." Personal great defo five. Oh, I think he's saying great, definitely five stars. He's right. We are friends and family. Mm-hmm. Pretty much family. Yeah, I feel like I've been adopted by your family. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can hang out with us anytime. <laughs> and we call Larry Uncle Larry to the kids. So, so yeah. There you go. I feel like if I'm gonna be the uncle that when they when Asher starts asking what things are, I'm gonna show him a spoon and tell him it's a fork. <laughs> We're all so close that actually, funny you say that, my kids have already been like, when are you going to hang out with your brother, Josh? Yeah. That's true. Because we all, we do this so much yeah. and like we're all, yeah, we all get along this. This isn't a facade. No. No. If you I'm like this you show. through that word. <laughs> it's a, fa- it's a facade. <laughs> all these lunch, all these lunch beers. Staycation 2018. <laughs> anyway, no. Thank you for your five stars. Thank you, Carl. And next up, our newest and most enticing segment are voicemails. Voicemails. Poop, 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 poop. P, 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 L, O, L, L, L. Farts forever. Ah, yes, indeed. Farts forever. Thank you, Garrett. That was that was Josh's son calling the uh, hotline number, which we'll give out again once we hear this. Play them all. I don't care what you say. Hearts forever. Oh my god! Hi, I don't know what to say. Um, I think I'm a little late. Uh, this is Skyler. Um, I just wanted to call and say you guys are awesome, and you put on a good show, and I like the answering mail voice mail thing. Um. Sorry, I'm really awkward, and I had to hype myself up to get on the phone because I don't do well on the phone. Okay, I love you guys. Bye. Hey, Skyler's like one of the orig. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Skyler's been from the beginning. Thank you so much, Skyler. And you were fine on the phone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry about it. Believe me, we're all more awkward in person. If you've ever heard Ryan on the phone, who? (laughs) Who? I'll talk your ear off, girl. With all a lot of ums and what's and huh and where am I and how are you doing? It's Scrambling Dad 2018. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for your call, Skylar. I appreciate it. We love you too, honey. You know that. Um that number. Do we have that number? It's n- sorry. We're gonna yeah, give- I do actually. It's right there on the on the page. I just have to go to the settings. We're going to give this number out and every week you guys can call it. You guys, if you've done it before, do it again. Please. That's fine. If you have a question. Do it, your best impressions of us. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, someone out there was saying they can do a OJ. OJ? That's John. Bring it. John, bring, bring it. it. John. John, we want to hear, hear it. it. Leave it on the voicemail. Yeah. That number is 1-937-504-9504. Yeah. We hope to hear you in the future, sir. Thank you. And that's been your voicemails for the week. We heard Garrett off the top, which is great. 
that's a little behind the scenes action because that's when we first tried it out. Yep. But now we're doing it every week. Gosh, Larry, you're gonna have to write a new uh, new uh, singer for that. I did actually. If you listen to the latest episode, it's in I, there. Ooh, I haven't yet. I, I know you haven't. <laughs> you would have known because you've been working your <laughs> he's been working. testicles off. This man I feel like I got a flag in my bum. Josh showed up today and his one of his eyes was shut because half his body was asleep. The other half had a flag sticking out of yep. it. So now it's just an very patriotic. <sighs> it's that time of the night for us to do some plugs, folks. So Josh, ah. huh? Ah, I said ah. Yes. Oh, I don't know. You're correcting <laughs> me, Josh. Where are you when you're not here? <coughs> Sorry, at the doctor's office. Yeah, hopefully, apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, April and I do a music history podcast called Off Tempo Podcast, and you can find that every Tuesday on Facebook and. Podbean. Uh, if you guys are into, into video games, I do reviews for demonvideogaming.com, uh, square.squarexo.co.uk, and yeah, you check should definitely go check those out. Oh, and then gamepit.co.uk. This guy's dropping reviews like nobody's business. It's crazy. Yeah. Also, check out his uh, video game streaming sir, uh, profile, which is twitch.tv slash bobomay, which is Growing exponentially. Blowing up, dude. As the kids like to say. I actually, this is a little behind the scenes. <laughs> I was the first person, I think, on the planet to stream the new Castlevania game. Bro. I, I literally, wow. I went live and just the numbers went, bah, 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 bah. like, I had so many people watching that. And I'm just like, oh, hey, I'm awkward. Don't die, me. Don't die. Oh, shit, I died. Yep. That's okay. That's how it goes. <laughs> but yeah. No, um, off tempo is cool. Yeah. Aren't you on another show? Oh, I figured you'd plug it. Oh, okay, I'll plug it. Body Slam. We're wrestling historical podcast that talks about the locker room and beyond. Big news coming up very soon. But check out our latest episode, which also folds into the EFIS, a baseball history podcast. We talk about the weirder side of baseball. If you listen to the uh, EFIS podcast, we talk about... Babe Ruth's post-baseball career gets really depressing. And we touch on there about Babe Ruth's wrestling career as a referee, which you can then go back to the potty slam where professional wrestler Cajun crippler Cody Laveau joins us to talk about Babe Ruth's wrestling referee career. Interesting. It folds into each other. Synergy. It's beautiful, man. If you love this show... Which I hope you do, and you're telling a friend. Rate and review. They're just listening, hating it. Yeah. Some people do that. Yeah. I'm going to find out the mistakes they make. Which I'm sure there's plenty, but go fuck yourself. If you're listening (laughs) to podcasts that way, you're doing it the wrong way. But if you're doing it the right way, like our page on Facebook, join our closed group. We welcome you in open arms. Also, Ryan's got a message for you, too. I can't wait to hear your podcast, asshole. Pretty much. Also, please follow us on Twitter at Conspiracy T Show, which is linked to every episode. Also, it's on our iTunes. It's on everything. If you want to know when an episode drops on a Monday, there's plenty of ways to follow us. There's Instagram, mm-hmm. again, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter. I mean, follow us on Podbean. Follow us on Podomatic. I mean, we have followers on both. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Also shop.spreadshirt.com slash conspiracy therapy podcasts where you can get some swag. There'll be new stuff coming down the line. 
Does anybody have anything else they want to throw out there before we end this midday recording session of a podcast? I will see your dick from at least an arm's length away. <laughs> if it was me, it would have shot all over everybody's chest. Dude, we're going to make him come. We'll find that G-spot girl. So. <laughs> wow. You got some doozies on the soundboard. <laughs> April will make him come. You know, eventually Larry's going to get enough uh, pl- like files of you here that he'll be able to call somebody That's all me. and That's all have you. a conversation wow. with them mm-hmm. with just the There's going to be a lot of sad cunts out there. And they're going to be like, Ryan, I'm your great aunt Gertrude. Why are you talking this way? I'm a squirter. <laughs> aunt Gertrude immediately hangs up and faints yeah. from death. Why would you say that, Ryan? He must really like squirt guns. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> N-D-E-E. Hmm. <laughs> I've tried to say a lot of words on this show. A lot of words are yet to come. <laughs> I can't wait to see you next week on another episode of Conspiracy Therapy. Have a great one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday. For all the things you've done, the battles that you've won, the way you deal with U.S. Steel, and our problems by the time we value so much. Everybody, happy This has been a presentation of Beer City Media. 